What is wrong with our country? And I'm trying to eat my Chipotle chips in peace. Play some music. Have some time with your family. Go pet the local dog. Do some charity work. But stop trying to look like a Kardashian and a Snapchat filter. It's Mr. Brown to you. Jake Brown signing off. He's looking good. Now, whether that actually makes sense, we walked in and music was bouncing off of the walls. Felt like it went from the crypt to the crib. Hey, Tritona Robert Kraft, I'm on a lot of people's naughty lists and a lot of people are on my naughty list as well. And this is a family program. (laughs) Devil is in the details. Well, that's going to do it for sports. Courtney Fallon. It's Brown and Fallon. No Marulis. And you heard some clips that she had no idea was coming uh, that I put together. Uh, That is Courtney Fallon joining me, Jake Brown here. You can follow the show on Twitter and iTunes, at Brown Marulis. Just search it in Apple Podcasts and all that jazz. Courtney Fallon, formerly of NFL Network. You can follow her on Twitter, at Courtney Fallon, with the random underscore at the end. I guess your name is pretty common, and uh, that original name was not available. But, uh, Courtney, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You're definitely not on my lobby list. So <laughs> I had to drop the underscore because there's a girl that's from Boston, actually. She went to Clemson and has the Courtney Fallon name. Hmm. And people tweeted her all the time. And I, I swear to you, years ago, I asked her. She was in college. I said, hey, you know, can we maybe make, the, make a swap for your username? I'll buy you a case of beer. And she didn't respond. And now... We're, like, friendly because she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe how many people tweet at me and pretend it's you. (laughs) She's like, you know, you missed your opportunity years ago. The underscore, it's Dave. People make big bucks off selling. I was trying to get at Jake Brown, and obviously my name is as common as it gets with the Ryan in between. I mean, you can't get any more um, lame as that. Uh, And he he said he's been offered, like, $1,000. I offered him, I think, 100 tops, and he said, like, he's been offered 1,000. I'm like, all right. I don't need it that bad. I'll just throw a radio at the end and call it a day. Uh, but did you like the intro and me uh, combining Robert Kraft and the naughty list? <laughs> Nicely produced. I, I, I like, yeah, you, you kind of curated it to sound like something from modern day, po- modern day pop culture. It was great. <laughs> and the song playing I, in the... I'm flattered. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I It took me a whole, like, 30 minutes this morning uh, before I started... My day here in New York City, and Courtney Fallon is over in L.A., and you could uh, follow her podcast, Fox and Fallon, and your co-host is Tanya Ray Fox, which, how is she not a celebrity with that name? I mean, that name reeks of a Hollywood star of fame. Um, that is actually her real name, too. I, when we first started to discover you know, that we wanted to work together on a project, you're thinking about names for the show, and we had a bunch of lists, and I think we had a couple glasses of wine, and she's like, Fox and Fallon. The wine said, will do it, yep. I said, I said, what? Where did that come from? I was like, that's perfect. And then, you know, of course, people think it's, you know, it's Fox affiliated, or it's, you know, but those are really our last names. So it works out, and I'm pretty sure that we're the only two women talking about sports in a competitive banter situation. Um anywhere you know it's a very unique podcast it's relatively new um but it's been working out 
and you it's got a it. Very fun as well. uh, and unlike Brown and Maroonless, you have it on the Spotify. I need to switch over to this Podbean, or I've heard Anchor is another good one. Yes, Podbean. Uh, Podbean. One of those I, I'm going to switch over. Um, but glad you come on. Obviously, you are from you're from Beantown, correct? And you you made your way to L.A. after multiple stops and a, a Terps grad, University of Maryland. Shout out to the Terps who gave a hell of a fight in the tournament, lost to LSU, but you know what? Buzzer beaters happen, and, and dramatic Terps losses happen, as you know, as I know. My brother went there. I would have went there if it was closer to New York, but I was not trying to leave uh, the Big Apple to go to College Park. Uh, so tell us a little bit before we get started about your, your journey and your career here in a former Series XM NFL radio family, which I am a part of, and you were a decade ago with our good friend Eddie Borsilli. Eddie Borsilli, John Jaskrumski, we were in a Hall of Fame-like intern class mm-hmm. about 10, 11 years ago. So they really made my introduction into radio. I graduated from college at the University of Maryland, as you mentioned. I'm not too sad about them losing to LSU in a last-second shot because, you know what, they're just constantly disappointing me in college basketball. So I kind of tune out. I'm not going to not admit that. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, no, so I graduated college, and then I went back to Boston, and I was the first, I think, and only female voice of the sports hub when they first started. Um, I was doing some radio for them, doing updates, and then I ventured into television, got my first job in Providence, which is the redheaded stepchild of Boston, but they still cover the same team, so I was able to cover the Patriots and a lot of the Celtics and Red Sox playoff games, which was great, doing a lot of hometown stuff, but I really made my career in Miami. Um, I was there for three and a half years and worked for the local NBC down there, covered just about every breaking news story. As you can imagine, in Miami, there's a lot of, you know, Florida man stories. and There's a lot of news to be broken. The best kind of stories, yeah. The best kind of stories, yeah. Um, I covered, you know, the Dolphins bullying scandal. I covered uh, the Miami Heat, two championships for them. Uh, Miami Hurricanes. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it was a grind, but it just it totally made me who I was. So after Miami, I moved up to New York, did some freelance stuff at Bleacher Report and SNY, and, um, and then wound up on my dream job at NFL Network. You've been around in NFL radio family, of course. Shout out Eddie Borsilli, who's still here, um, and he tried keto for a couple of weeks, and he quit. But... I won't I won't blame him because I've been like eating healthy the last couple of weeks. I had we haven't had a show Brown and Marula since this happened. I had a health scare, I had some chest pain. I think it was ended up being like acid reflux or something. I have ate like complete shit my whole life. So it's for 27 28 years I've, you know, I was eating three chicken parm heroes a week. I should be an ogre and somehow I was 250, which isn't terrible for a guy that's 6'3". And yeah. you know, I, I had to make a change. I found out my triglycerides and cholesterol was high. I was like, all right. I, I, the, once I had the chest pain, reality check, 12 pounds down in two weeks. Pretty good. I'm around 237 okay. right now, 236. Um, so losing weight quick. But I, I don't blame Eddie for quitting because I'm realizing it is hard to keep eating healthy. I was I was doing good for a couple of weeks, having salmon and tuna, grilled chicken, throwing in a couple of veggies because I'm a little picky with fruits and veggies. Uh, experimenting with some things, but man, diets are really hard. And you know, I, I I was proud of myself. I had Chick Fil A today, but I got grilled nuggets instead of the regular nuggets for the first time in my existence. Um, so I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that. So Eddie, I, I, I I'm you. surprised that I'm surprised that you're not um, you're not dropping in a sponsor for the you know like a like a Weight Watchers or 
Listen, keto season and any like I'm really surprised at that. Hashtag that, keto that SZM. Entire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, it isn't. It, 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 dieting is not easy. Maintaining a workout and you know a healthy figure is not easy. Trust me. Yeah, I know this. I have the. the I've been the, through my phases. Yeah, and you've been on TV, so you you know you gotta you gotta look good. And I I have a, I have a face. I think. Mm, not made for TV. I have a face maybe for TV, but a body more for radio. But really the way I've <laughs> ate, I should be a I should be I should be starring in Shrek 4 or whatever however many Shreks there were. But luckily I'm not. So now it's better late than never I found out and now my you know my parents are on board, but those lo- those diet plans the problem is like they they say it's good and the food the pictures look good. I've heard people say Nutrisystem tastes like cardboard, so I was like, oh, I don't know. And then NJ Diet is like fifteen hundred dollars. It's like more than you pay for rent to get do a freaking diet uh, and these pre prep meals. Yeah. So I'm just gonna experiment with my thing, see what I like. Maybe diet down the road. If not, cook healthy and eat cheap meals when when I fit them in once or twice a week. But once you do change that diet, you cannot eat what you used to eat. Like I would have a slice or two of pizza and I'd be so full before I could like, gargle down four slices. And now everything changes. So I'm not a huge fan of that aspect. Well, I did, here's the here's the key. I can't believe we're on a sports podcast talking about diet. <laughs> the, the key is, I mean, a lot of the nutrition systems diets and all the packaging it's it's if you look at the ingredients i think the big thing now in um you know the health people are talking about it that you have to you have to look at the ingredients what they're actually putting in your food and i think that because the packaging comes from a facility and they have to make sure that it stays on a shelf for a couple months they're going to put a lot of dehydrated oils i Hydrogenated oils, I think. It's <laughs> not the right word. Hydrogenated. Hydrogenated. Um, I mean, well, like basically, they're gonna they're gonna put stuff that's gonna that's gonna make sure chemicals in there to make sure that it has a shelf life, and that's not really good for your body either. So what you have to do is you have to just exactly like you said, make sure that you're cooking a lot for yourself and you know what you're putting in your food. Healthy oils, healthy fat. Um, eating out every once in a while is fine, but yeah, as long as you're as long as you're maintaining what you know you are putting in real ingredients into your food and into your body, you're only going to see that scale drop. Diet amateur Jake Brown joined by dietitian yeah. and nutritionist Courtney Fallon <laughs> no. on the line here from L.A. Uh, spitting some knowledge on non-sports entertainment. I started the show here uh, with a little Backstreet Boys and a poll question last night that I tweeted out. Uh, I came up with because me and my friends were arguing. So we were listening to like a jock jams play. I mean, if you don't like jock jams, you probably don't have a beating heart. Uh, maybe you do have heart problems. Maybe your triglycerides is high. But you you, you got to love everybody Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back, all right. That is what gets the party started. I go to a lot of, I don't know if you've ever been to like silent disco headphone parties. Awesome time. If, if you haven't, I, I recommend going. So, so many shameless plugs. Uh, checks should be being written. But anyways, uh, yeah, right? th- these are a good time. Stop, stop mentioning this. They're not paying for this ad. They, I know. I'm just free advertisements. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, giving things out. But those are a good time. And everybody back, back starts the party. So I, I found out what's better. What's the better song? The, more, the bigger jam, you can't deny, is Backstreet's Back. And Courtney, was, you know, she wakes up or whatever she's doing in all these tweets. She's like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, he di- didn't even give me, like, a heads up. He's, she's got all these tweets coming in. No clue what he's talking about. I'm team in sync, she says. I voted Backstreet's back. 
the majority has said, I want it that way, and the results are in, in 139 votes, 72% said, I want it that way, 25% said, everybody Backstreet's back, 3% said, other, which a lot of people said, the call, which if you're a real Backstreet Boys fan, you know the call. I'm Backstreet's back. What are you? I'm definitely a Backstreet's back girl. I think I mentioned that, too. I, I want it that way. It was too slow, and it also was one of those songs that came out. It was just, I mean, it was all right. But then you have to understand that, you know, then the competition within Sync and Sync drops their debut album, self-titled. And every song cover to cover on that Sync debut album was a banger. And so, I mean, you're talking Backstreet Boys or Sync. I would take my, my poppy hits, everybody Backstreet's back of the call over anything else that Backstreet Boys has done. I would only listen to those few songs mm-hmm. versus listening to an entire album at NSYNC. Wow. And I, listen, NSYNC is incredible. I think a lot of people would agree NSYNC's better. I think it's, you know, it goes both ways. The, the thing that's amazing is Backstreet Boys is still going. They're still on tour. Maybe that means they're broke and lost their money. NSYNC, we know, is separated. You got Joey Fatone now basically making random and practical Jokers appearances and uh, whatever else he's doing and hosting random shows here and there. And Justin Timberlake, um, I mean, I think I've heard of him. I, I mean, I think he's done yeah, some sure. things after NSYNC. Uh, I I think he's had a good career, sources tell me, but uh, I Want It That Way is a classic song. Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely is another classic. The thing is that is amazing is Backstreet's Back peaked at number 11 on the charts where I Want It That Way was number one. Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely also number one hit. Those were their two number ones. I am shocked that Backstreet's Back peaked at 11 but i guess it picked up like later on like it was in this is the end and when they were in heaven that was one of my like favorite movie scenes when the backstreet boys were in heaven at the end of that movie all right so we transition over to in sync now your boys your your boy band the and you're right in sync the album the first one classic no strings attached three years later in 2000 in sync's first album i was six years old 2000 no strings attached i was nine celebrity came out 2110 and that was it for them after that you know in sync was pretty much done but those are three iconic albums which brings us to another debate that i didn't tweet tearing up my heart versus bye 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 now the myth is bye 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 was the one that got overplayed that was the radio hit that everyone talks about but let's be real about this courtney tearing up my heart is a better song than bye 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 Tearing Up My Heart is a much better song. And uh, that, was the first, that was the first song that they dropped. I think I was, I was in sixth grade when that song came out. And it was like, backseat of my mother's car with my girlfriend. Please turn up the radio. It was a monumental moment every time you heard it. And I still get, I still get excited listening to it. I don't, I, like I, you know, the instinct songs to me, there's so many of them that are, that are so good. But that one sticks out. Definitely top three. If you want to go like top ten, top three, I definitely that that definitely makes makes the top. I, I'm an Insync fan. I take the classics over if they put out another album and it wouldn't be good. I think that many people who are like fans of different artists, mm-hmm. you know, that what sometimes that their their careers linger too much and they're putting out bad concepts or bad songs. 
it hurts their brand. And I think Backstreet Boys, their new album wasn't very good. There was a couple of good ones on there, so I agree with that. And I, I hate when got people in concerts, like if Backstreet Boys, when they tour this summer, if they're not doing all the classics and they're doing this new album to promote, people will revolt. Because you're going to see mm -hmm. the classics and the throwbacks. I went like five years ago, lost my voice. Uh, it was incredible. But if NSYNC went back on tour, you know, I would take out a loan to see that. I mean, that would be a must-see concert of the century uh yeah tearing up my heart is better and also underrated song god must have spent a little more time on you if you're not singing <laughs> that to your your man your woman in your life uh you're not doing it right uh i think every man should sing that to their lady in their life because that is romantic that is the in in this day and age i look at always remember us this way is like that might be my wedding song one day from uh a star is born that just came out but if we were talking an early 2000s wedding, you're playing God Must Have Spent a Little Bit More Time on You. Jake Brown, Courtney Fallon, Brown and Fallon here. Uh, catch it on iTunes as baseball season. We'll get into a little bit. Opening day's coming. We'll talk a little Gronk. We'll talk NCAA tournament. What was your first concert that you went to before we move over to sports here? Mine was admittedly in sync as a 10-year-old. My first concert was a TLC concert. Ooh, a no scrubs. TLC fan. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yep. Right. Don't go chasing waterfalls. You have the cops chasing you down in the background. Or? No, no, I'm sitting outside. Oh, okay. I'm sitting outside of I'm sitting outside of my house because it's nice out. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful brisk evening in Los Angeles. Rub, rub it in. Why don't yeah. you rub it in more while it's like yeah. 38 yeah. and freezing here in New York City? Um, yeah. The funny thing about that insane concert, it was the no strings attached. There were clowns on stage. My brother was like a year or two older, and he was afraid of clowns, first off. So he was already afraid of that. Second off, when you go as like a 10-year-old, it was loud as all hell, and we had earplugs in. We didn't know the seats would be separate, so our, mo our mom was sitting in a separate row from what we were. Me and my brother are like crying with uh, earplugs in, so I wish I could relive that over all over again. Uh, as an as an adult with maybe some liquid liquid courage, uh, I think it would be an unbelievable experience. So those are two good ones: in sync and TLC, mm -hmm. some throwbacks. Sports. You covered this team. Yes. You covered this guy, Rob Gronkowski, retiring. And I tweeted about it was disrespectful to his brand not retiring on June 9th, which it really was. I mean, you want to be all about sixty nine, you can't retire on uh, whatever it was, March twenty fourth. Uh, it just doesn't make sense, but. Anyways, great career. I think he did it at the right time with all the injuries he's accumulated. He realizes he's going to make more Courtney in his post-NFL career, whether he does yes. wrestling, acting, uh, sponsors, whatever he does, even throwing parties, appearances. This guy is going to make big money after his career. So I think he did it at the right time, especially after winning another Super Bowl. I, I think that it is the right time for him as well. I think um... – Many people had speculated this was going on for a long time that he was going to he was going to retire and he was going to hang it up because I mean listen you know earlier in his career he was virtually unstoppable a lot of uh, a lot of people the hot debate I don't really think it's a debate anymore since he retired and all of the, all of his former teammates and coaches are coming out and saying that Rob Gronkowski is a no brainer first ballot Hall of Famer. He had one of the shortest careers of anyone that would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be one of the youngest players voted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't really think, I, you know, a lot of people in New England would say, hey, listen, we definitely will need you. But I, I don't think he has anything else to prove. He goes out on top as a champion. Um, he's just, he's dominated the field. But again, yeah, he can't stay healthy. And 
it's not necessarily about whether his bones are fragile or whether it's, you know, he needs to lose weight or gain weight um, or maintain weight in the, in, the, in the weight room. I think it's just the way that his style of play that has always been about hitting guys straight on. He's not jumping over people. He's running into people. He's extremely physical. And that style of play wasn't going to change. So the risk of injury was very high for him. And I, I listen, a lot of these players are retiring at a very young age. You see someone like Gerard Mayo, actually, that just got signed to the Patriots coaching staff to coach the linebackers. But him, Rob Ninkovich, they're, you know, retiring at a younger age when you're in your early 30s in the NFL is not so much of a surprise anymore. I'm just happy that Rob Gronkowski went on top. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And now we just wonder what's next for him. And Gronk's such an interesting character because has there ever been like a player on a hated team that dominates every team he plays against that pretty much is universally loved around the league. Like if you hate Gronk, you're not that fun of a person. You you probably don't. You're probably not the person who's gonna go to a party. You you probably don't drink. And not saying you need to drink to have fun, but you probably aren't uh, the most fun person. And that's what's amazing about him is like he's such an iconic player and didn't really have haters like a lot of other great players have. Like every great player, like like you look at the NBA, LeBron is maybe the best ever. But he's got haters, and you know maybe he's given reasons for the way he's handled some things. But there's always these stars who have haters, and Gronk's just that guy that everyone wants to chug a beer with, and that's that's what makes him one of the more unique kind of player personalities that we've seen in sports history. Um, I, I I I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think perhaps I'm just I'm trying to think. Um, someone like Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, but different style of personality. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Larry Fitzgerald is universally loved. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is universally loved by a lot of people. It's just, he's just kind of innocent. I mean, we'll see what happens later in his career if he starts to, you know, turn cocky. But, um, you know, just kind of like that, that light, that very, like, lighthearted childhood fun personality I think it was second to none. And, I mean, you just you go, you go turn back to, you know, just the Gronkowskis in general. You know, they're just a football-loving family. And, you know, whether or not Rob was, you know, was silly or was drunk or did his fair share of partying or, you know, mentioning 69, um, I, think that, I think that when it came to football, it didn't matter. He's just, he's just, he flipped a switch. And, so, and that was it. And someone in sports has to represent 69. So, and he did average .69 touchdowns per game. So, I'll give him that. Even though I, you know, he's not going to wait till June because it's kind of disrespectful to the team because they need to figure out who they're drafting. And now they're probably going to look at a tight end. Um, Gronk's post NFL career. What does he do? Do you see? Everyone's rumored he's going to be WWE. I think he's going to be a movie star at some point. I think he'll make wrestling appearances. I don't think he wants to do that that much. He'll probably, you know, he'll get paid for appearances here and there. But I kind of see him as a guy who could star in movies, commercials. Uh, what What do you expect his post uh, career to entail here? I I think I, I would I would lean more towards wrestling. I think that he's a physical specimen, and I think that he's going to have a lot of you know, miss hitting bodies on the football field. Come on, you got to admit that. So that's fair. I'm not really so sure. I, listen, I mean, my 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 history with wrestling, I wasn't like really allowed to watch it as a kid because it was always so fake. But obviously, I, I got I got the got the hype. You can smell what the Rock is cooking. 
Austin three sixteen. I mean, like, I think I would. I really can see Gronk doing something, something in the wrestling field. You know, like like a fake body slam, and you know, the crowds go wild. I'm not really so sure about UFC or anything else that actually would require him to be in a physical fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, the endorsement. I see more endorsement deals for him mm-hmm. versus movie roles. I don't really. I don't think he would be great on a screen. I don't. I mean, he's entertaining, but anything that would put him in a movie situation would look too forced. Uh, yeah, in my opinion. That's fair. I would like to see it probably, and that's why I'm probably rooting for that. He saved up a lot of money. Apparently, I, I wasn't there's a story that he he didn't really spend his his. Yeah, he uh, never he never a dime of any of his contract money it was all endorsement deal yeah i mean that's pretty so remarkable according according to uh this common word around the league is that he has 60 million dollars in the bank untouched 60 you're very smart 60 one six zero. Oh wow man yeah wouldn't that be nice you know yeah we, we wouldn't be have we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now I, i'd be on a beach <laughs> on a tropical island uh, sixty milli in the bank, and he's only got. Uh, he's gonna make so much more after. Like it's not even funny how much more he's gonna make after his career because of how likable he is. It's Brown and Fallon. You can follow Courtney Fallon on Twitter at Courtney Fallon underscore. You can follow me on all social media at Jake Brown Radio and subscribe to Brown and Marulis. This weekend, when people hear this Thursday, the Sweet Sixteen begins and. Courtney, it's been a lot of chalk. Uh, America's favorite Fallon. There's been a lot of chalk uh, going on so far, and it's Duke, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, LSU, and it's one, two, three, four. Gonzaga, FSU, Michigan, Texas Tech, one, two, three, four. Virginia, Oregon, and then Tennessee, Purdue, one, two, three, and a twelve. Who a lot of people I had Oregon in the, in the Sweet Sixteen. They're not really your normal twelve powerhouse school, and you don't think of them as a twelve seed. So I kind of overlook the seeding, and then UNC, Auburn, Kentucky, Houston with the one five two three. So there's a lot of chalk so far. Which what do you think about chalk? Like, do you, do you want to see these these twelves and thirteens and these Cinderellas make it, or do you want to see? the best basketball teams in the nation fight because, you know, we've seen a lot of lopsided games so far, and a lot of them have been sleepers. There's been a couple of throw-ins here and there. UCF Duke was good, but there's been a lot of sleepers. Do you like chalk? Do you like Cinderella's? I like chalk. I, I, I prefer it. I think a lot of people were not really so impressed with this year's tournament just in terms of the seeding and the brackets. And, yeah, the three out of the four ACC teams were number ones, and, you know, there was just not really so much. It was actually very predictable when they did the seedings. And I think that people know it's going to be UNC or Duke in the final four, in the final game. I would much rather see a team just because none of the Cinderella teams um, have been, have stayed. I mean, I, I know that Murray stayed in John Morant. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. but Morant, uh, John Morant. Yeah. Morant, John Morant. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was really the only team that I would have liked to see make a Cinderella tournament run. But I think the best basketball games are the most exciting, uh, you know, college playoff games are the ones with teams that are consistently good, you know, that can, that, that have been doing this for a while. So it's, yeah, I mean, give me, give me the competitiveness of, you know, of, of a number one or a number two seed. I would do that over the Cinderella's. I mean, you know that you're going to get a last second shot anytime you're playing in March Madness. So I think that's a gift. Yeah, and I think the, it's been weird that like it's been Zion, and then Ja became the storyline. 
uh, a little bit. He fell into the radar, and now he's pretty much a lock to be a top three or four pick after a lot of the nation hadn't heard of him going into the tournament as much. If you're a diehard fan, you're a big fan, of course you've heard of him, but there's been a lot of people that haven't. Uh, Zion had the scare. I mean, that was awesome watching Zion versus Taco Fall. I mean, anytime you watch a guy who's seven six, that's like watching Jared Lorenzen play football. You, the Pillsbury throw boy. You just love either the, the big fat guy playing or the monster tall guy who doesn't have to jump to throw it in the basket. I mean, the last time we didn't have to jump to throw it in a basket is when we were playing on a Fisher Price hoop or or one of those Nerf hoops behind uh, your office door at work. So it, it's pretty awesome seeing those uh, those kind of players go at it. But think about it, Courtney. If Zion isn't in this tournament, how many less people are watching? I mean, just his style and just his the brand, the Nike, everything that's involved with him, how he's easily going to be the number one pick and hopefully transform my New York Knicks. But with the, with the Knicks, we'll know, we know they're not going to get any luck and they'll probably end up with the third pick and not get Ja or Zion. But I digress. Uh, if Zion isn't in this tournament, I don't think me, you, and a lot of people are are paying as much attention as we are now. No one, no one would be watching for sure. Um, I, you know, I, that's what the draw is. You know, turning on the TV and seeing electric players that are gonna that are gonna play at the left next level and at some of the highest levels. Um, that's the most exciting thing for me, and I think it's must see TV for. As you said, every NFL, NBA team that's in that has their name in, in the pot for one of the top picks, um, it, it's it's you know they're just they're salivating and they're dreaming about how how Zion would help their team and for benefit. I think this I think more of the interior internal dialogue going on in Marsh Madness is uh, you know how each of these players that are that are shining on the TV during the college basketball tournament. Uh, are going to help their basketball team come June, July when the draft comes. Yeah, not agree. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of it. I'm I'm salivating. I mean, I I wish I had you know a uh, black tap milkshake or a Queen's Comfort Fruity Pebbles French toast in front of me, but I'll salivate instead. Uh, and I can't even eat those things anymore. Screw this dieting and being healthy. Anyways, I'm salivating over the thought of a potential of Zion Williamson. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in a Knicks uniform because financially it is very possible now that the Knicks cleared the space with the KP deal. Of course, I salivate over that, but it's hard to be realistic. But you're right. These NBA teams and the scouts are looking, watching like, can this guy put fannies in the seats? Because that was like the Lonzo Ball effect, which is a whole other story with another day with Alan Foster now robbing basically uh, $1.5 million and big baller brand, go, uh, brand going down the roof. Uh, yeah, but I think that's the, that's a more exciting story than the NCAA tournament. Very true. I mean, Ball yes. in the Family is now the new All My Children. It, it's a must-see yes. soap opera. Shout out Mama Brown. I know you love uh, All My Children, but <laughs> I think Ball in the Family was like this. I I have to admit, I was all in on that. I don't get into like reality shows. I I hate you know I hate Kardashian shows, all that. But I was watching Ball in the Family early on. I haven't watched in a while. And then there was the baby mama drama with Denise and Denise wanting more child support and all this. All this. It's become a huge soap opera. And now Alan, the the business manager, there's a million and a half dollars missing. Lonzo had no idea that this guy had previously been in jail for like seven years for fraud. He's like, I had no idea. How'd you 
you not Google the guy or, or like how did no one tell you that this guy had a previous record is is beyond me. But this I mean, you you live in the center of it. You live in L.A. Uh, what what's the t- is this the talk of the town? Are people talking about this? No, I mean, I, I had mentioned it. I had saw news of it the other day. We actually Matanya, my business partner, and I just talked about this on the Fox and Fallon podcast. I said, oh, LeVar Ball is taken down. Big baller brand is no more. I, I said, what, Tanya? Is this, was this one of LeVar's friends that stole this money from day one? You know, was, was he one of his OG crew guys? He, you don't know how to steal or embezzle money unless, unless you're that close and you're just that trusted that they could fly under the radar. You know? I, I mean, I, is, that, is that not true? That we do not assume that? I got distracted by you saying OG crew because I'm just picturing you riding in Compton. Uh... <laughs> the window's down right now. <laughs> straight out of Compton, Courtney Fallon. Straight, straight out, out of Compton. Yo, yep. straight out of Courtney in Compton. Done. You, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll I, take ten percent. As long as you're not going to say like, I've had so many. I'm so I'm so happy. By the way, if you want to listen to my podcast, you can check it out on iTunes, and Spotify, and yes, Jake needs you need to get on the Podbean because then once you can get it onto Stitcher, and it's it's one of those like very tedious tasks, but it's worth it. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. What was I meant? Uh, straight out of Compton, um, you rolling down the street, oh, rolling, rolling, oh, yeah, sipping yeah, on yeah, gin yeah, and okay. juice. Yeah. So I was talking about, um, you know, the, the, the title of our show, Fox and Fallon. For my whole life, people are like, hey, you should do a show courtside with court. That's too on corny. On court with court. You might as well call it corny I mean, Courtney. Like, don't do that. I just, I'm so glad that you didn't mention that. Yeah, no, please don't. Court side with court. I mean, come on. I mean, it's sponsored yeah. by Fisher Price. Like, don't do that. Like, that would be mm-hmm. a new low. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't agree to do that. But I think, like, Compton Court would be kind of cool. Uh, Compton Courtney, I don't know. I'm um, just brainstorming uh, Compton, here. Compton Court. Compton Corley, who lives in Beverly Hills. <laughs> that's, just, that's perfect. Uh, picture that's now with the drop top, uh, you know, hair blowing in the wind. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is the voice of Courtney Fallon. Throw the underscore at the end if you want to follow her on Twitter. You can check out Fallon and Fox. We were talking tournament, but you're right. I mean, the ball and the family is the better story. I, I think Duke's going to end up winning it all. I think they did have a scare because there were some matchup problems and matchup nightmares, and Dawkins' kid was balling so hard. They're still trying to find him, and he was killing it. And, uh, you know, I, I think Zion's going to end up winning in the end. It's probably going to be Duke-UNC like President Obama uh, predicted, and I'll you know, I'll, I'll ride with what Obama says on that one. Baseball's finally here, Courtney. I love baseball. Now, you're a Red Sox I fan. I love baseball. Big Red Sox fan, correct? I got to say, baseball is my number two behind the NFL in terms mm-hmm. of, like, what I love the most. A lot of people are football and basketball. I, baseball is up there as one of my favorite times of year. Oh, the yeah. majority of the year. I mean, I do you not love the fact that opening day is starting now in March it, it, and but, not in, like, early April? I mean, give me more baseball all the time. I mean, I want to see the home runs. It's just. It's also one of those things where it's like, hey, there's no sports on, but oh yeah, there's a bunch of baseball games, and it's kind of like mindless watching. But you have to grow up in a town that loves baseball to really understand it, because a lot of people, at least out here or in the Midwest, or you know, a lot of my friends that are just like, I don't get baseball, and they said, you know, because it's a slow game. Mm-hmm. You have to under, you have to understand the game. You have to be raised by it. I, was... I know, growing up in New York, yeah. you were, you know, 
Oh yeah, I mean, raised, uh, a loyal Mets fan. Baseball is is king here in New York over basketball and football. I think, and that's the thing. I mean. I love baseball, and I hate when people say it's boring because if you watch it and you go to – I mean, nothing is better than – like, my favorite thing to do is baseball. I mean, I love baseball. Like, going to a Mets game is my favorite thing to do. Uh, in 2015, 2016, I think I went to 40 or 45 games, and wow. it's tougher now because, you know, I've got three jobs and the podcast, and I'm at MLB, which – moving to MLB Network, which I posted today, is now we're in Secaucus, and I, you know, first day I run into Al Leiter says to me, "Oh, nice lighting in here," and then I almost have a collision with John Smoltz in the bathroom as he's waiting me for me to stop pissing, because uh, there's somehow only one uh, pot to piss in in the bathroom there. But anyways, uh, and then Ken <laughs> Rosenthal was in the shuttle on the way back to Secaucus, and we were talking with Ken Rosenthal at the Secaucus train station. So it was a solid first day. Baseball is king. And it, you're right. It comes down to the city you're in. If your city doesn't have it, you don't like it. So, like, I moved to North Carolina my senior year, and people don't really like baseball there because the, the closest team is four hours away in the Atlanta Braves. So you really need to grow up into it. But don't you just love, like, a, a Saturday at 7 o'clock or, like, a Sunday afternoon game, being at the ballpark? And have you been to City Field or not? Sun is setting. Sun is setting. Yeah, no, I've been to City Field. There oh, was one the time when I first um, when I first moved to New York, I had gone to a couple of Yankees games, and then I went to a Mets game in a very short span of time, and I think I had just come from Boston. So, of course, I was at Fenway Park, and I decided that um, I wanted to travel to every baseball stadium that summer. It, it kind of stopped when I went to Philly. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to Pittsburgh too far. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, yeah, the pastimes, I mean, there's, there is nothing quite like the sun setting in a summer ballpark, maybe you scalped the tickets that day, decided to just walk up to the park, get in the outfield of the bleachers, and you're, you know, you're sitting with your, with your stadium snack, whether it's, you know, just your Fenway Frank or your Yankee dog and some popcorn, and I thrown a beer back. I, I just, there, I, there's so much nostalgia, at least that when I'm, you know, you can tell that when I'm talking about it and passionate about it. Don't cr- um, don't cry. It's, it's an it's an it's an acquired taste for sure. Um, but I think more people really should really should at least get to experience it at one point in their life. Yeah, and I try to go like twenty games a year at least if I can because I just love it and City Field the food too. Like everyone wants to talk about you get your hot dog and peanuts. Oh, They've no, expanded. So I, did, I did a Mets tour. I did a Mets food tour. Amazing it, Mets food. I I got a Mets food tour. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So one of my friends. Um, hooked me up with the head of the of the chefs at City Field because mm-hmm. I mean I'm also I, I one of my side hobbies is you know restaurants and food and doing food blogs and stuff like that. Um, okay, I was able to taste. You cannot go in there and walk around the ballpark and eat, eat at least have a taste of everything that's available at that at that field. It's unbelievable the well, quality of of the chefs that they brought in. Oh yeah with the different variations of the food and the pizzas. And the, I mean, it is unbelievable. And that was a treat. That was a treat for sure. And if, even if you don't like baseball, you should bring your friends and family to city field. So you could, you could try all the concessions. Yeah. And if you're in New York this year, might have to go to a Mets game because they have added foods and there's incredible, more incredible foods that they've added to the menu. So cheat days for, I'm talking about diet and cheat. Cheating will be every Mets game because you can't go there and get vegan options, gluten options, 
Screw all that. You're stuffing your face with some of the food they Sounds have. Sounds like there. it's right up your alley. Sounds oh, like it's right up your alley. Right up my alley. Like I, that's my excuse for cheat meals. Oh, let's go to the Met game. And you spend more on the food and drinks, much more than tickets and getting there. The food is what costs you everything. I mean, Mets ticket. You get a field level ticket on a weekday in April for like twelve bucks. Uh, that's you know not even the price of one beer, like twelve ounces of beer. So, uh, you know, you pregame it up a little bit at McFadden's with some friends. You know, they, they go to the game. They win the game. You party at McFadden's. You watch Jake run the dance floor at McFadden's and start dance battles with people. I mean, it is a good time. You have to experience a summer Saturday night uh, with JB at City Field. It is an experience of a lifetime. This season's going to be interesting. Courtney Bryce is in Philly for 13 years. Trout stays in L.A., DeGrom finally gets his deal. Thank God. I'm happy they announced Pete Alonzo is going to make the team and he's going to go up against Max Scherzer, we imagine, on opening day Thursday. Now, let's go through. Like, let's let's do this. Let's break this down by divisions and start with your boys' division in the AL East. I'm, I'm personally going Yankees because I think they did a little bit more than the Sox. I'm worried about your bullpen, that bullpen. I mean, who's coming out of there? Brazier and... Hembry, they don't have a real closer. I think there's going to come a point this season where they're like, all right, we need to either bring back Kimbrell if he's not signed anywhere, which is a whole other story that him and Keuchel are somehow haven't been signed by anyone yet. Um, I, I, that bullpen worries me, and the Yankees' bullpen is very good. Their offense is good. And as much as I dislike the Yankees, I'm picking the Bronx Bombers to win the AL East. Um, that hurts my soul that you're picking the Yankees, but I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, I, I still think regardless, I mean, what wins championships, obviously it's late, late, you know, late season defense. But, um, I, I mean, I, I just, I think that in terms of with the Red Sox right now, it's going to be power hitting and they still have their three, four, five guys. I mean, Mookie Betts is poised for a great year. You got to look at, I mean, just that outfield, they're all, I, they could possibly win multiple gold gloves on this team and I'm not really so worried about figuring out the bullpen right now because that's kind of a task for later in the season. I think that players will just will slot into their certain roles and um I, I know Craig Kimball gave me gave me a, like almost sent me to the hospital with heart palpitations last fall. So oh, that was I'm me with the Mets with can... Familia and Armando Benitez back in the day. I mean instant cardiac arrest. Yeah, no for sure. Um I think it's I think it's going to be the Red Sox again, but I think the Yankees are going to surprise a lot of people because you know I think John Carlos Stanton and um, Aaron Judge are just going to have they're they're going to they're going to have big years again for that offense. And it's, listen, bring back the Yankees, the Red Sox rivalry. I'm all about. it. I think it's all it's back, and this year I think it's going to be a very close race. And listen, I I can see the Red Sox winning. I mean, they have a good rotation, they have an incredible lineup. It's going to be a toss up, but I think it's going to be. Tighter than last year, where the Red Sox kind of ran away with it as they won the World Series. If if you lived under a rock, you don't remember. Um, they did win the World Series, so that's going to be a toss-up. So I'm going Yankees. You're going Red Sox. You know, we'll focus on our favorite teams division the most because no one really cares about the AL Central. I'm going to pick the Indians, Courtney, but the Twins are right there with them. The rest of that division pretty much stinks. It's going to be probably a two-team race. The Royals don't have anything. The White Sox are an up-and-coming young team. They might be better than last year, but still garbage. It's probably the Indians' division to win, even though they didn't really make any improvements, so I'm taking the Indians. Um, I'm taking the Indians, too. I'm a big 
Corey Kluber fan. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. Actually, this girl from my high school married him. So, I, you know, I'm not Casual. biased in that sense. But, <laughs> yeah, she won the lottery on that. Jeez. Um, big Terry Francona girl over here. Um, I, yeah, I think I think the Indians are going to continue to dominate. I agree with you. AL West, I think you have to pick the Astros. I think even without Keuchel, you know, they add Michael Brantley, people a very low-key underrated signing that they added to their outfield and pairing with Springer and Bregman's. Bregman just got paid, the Hebrew hammer, uh, the Jewish sensation. Uh, so I, I'm taking the Houston Astros in the West, and I don't think – I mean, I guess you – listen, the A's always surprise us. The A's are always like – they throw me out in left field, and he ends up hitting 30, 30 homers. They throw out anyone, and you're like, who the hell is this guy? And they end up being good. But I just can't see any other scenario but the Astros winning the West. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that – Listen, the A's are always going to have their rotation. Their bullpen is deep. Um, I, I just, but I, I think that Houston is going to, you know, take the cake. I think, I think that the, I think that the distance between Houston and the rest of that division is is very vast. But hey, don't count out, don't count out Oakland. Uh, just to try to compete with them. Never count out those uh, uh, those pesky Oakland A's. The wild cards, I don't know if you have a pick, but mine are because I had the Yankees in the division, so I'm going Red Sox. I assume you're going to have Yankees one of your wild cards, and then I'm going to go with the Twins yes. with Rocco Baldelli as manager. I think the Twins might be uh, an interesting team this season. Um, I would go – yeah, exactly. I would go Red Sox or Yankees, um, one or two of those. But if I were to go – one step deeper, I would possibly say the Angels. I mean, why okay. can't they compete with Mike? Mike Trout getting that big money? It's funny because I was thinking, I was talking to someone about, you know, all these 400, 300, 400 million dollar contracts, like how baseball can get more out of them. Um, I just think that, you know, the, 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 this should be the year of Mike Trout and this should be the year of Aaron Judge. I mean, bring back the steroid era, bring back all of the, all of the fun home run hitters. Make baseball exciting this year. I I want to see Mike a lot from Mike Trout, and I would hope that the Angels. I would hope that someone else outside of the AL East would compete. And listen, if Matt Harvey, you know, stays away from uh, the the white powder, he he might be he Ooh. might be interesting in Anaheim. I think Harvey, you know, less pressure. I know it's still LA, and I know this great party scene out there as well, but. Maybe without the media and that pressure on Harvey, if he could do something, maybe that that ignites them because their pitching is questionable. But if Harvey, you know, becomes the the dark knight again, maybe the Angels do win one one of those wild card spots. The NL East, I'm not gonna be a homer and pick the Mets to win the division. I'm gonna take the Nationals. Unfortunately, I don't think the Phillies just have enough pitching. I know their lineup is incredible, but pitching. Still wins ball games in the long run, and I don't think their rotation after Nola and Arietta scare people. I don't think their bullpen besides Robertson scare people. So I think the Nationals are the deepest teams in terms of their lineup, in terms of their rotation. They had Patrick Corbin to Scherzer and Strasburg already. Uh, they bolstered that. They bolstered their bullpen a little bit. I think the Nationals are the best all-around team. In what could be a four-team race, you can't throw out the Braves, who who just won the division. So I, I this is going to be a really good, the NL East is going to be the most fun race in baseball. But I think the Nationals come out on top, Courtney. I I agree. Um, I think the Phillies are going to give them a good run for their money. Um, they were they were pretty much in the hunt last year, besides going eight for twenty late in that stretch. And I know that you know that 
didn't finish the year on a high note, but they've done their due diligence in picking up guys. Bryce Harper, um, Andrew McCutcheon. Who else did they add? I, I think I think the Phillies are gonna. They're definitely gonna. I think it's you know they're they're gonna they're gonna battle their. They way added JT end. Real Muto too, the best hitting catcher in baseball. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big. I'm not necessarily like a big off season acquisition um, kind of gal, but I I think you you have to add in the X factor of not only Bryce Harper on the field, but Bryce Harper in the locker room and what's in the clubhouse, excuse me, um, and what that's going to what that's going to entail for the Phillies uh, down the stretch. I think I think that there's you know I mean he could either make or break that team just in terms of if he wants to be a jerk or not, um, mm-hmm. or if he wants to keep his mouth shut and actually play play baseball because. Yeah, the Nationals. That you know, I mean, what what would what would motivate him more than beating his former team? That's true. So you're taking the Phillies yeah. to win the division. I'm taking the Phillies. Taking to win the, the fighting Phils and Bryce Harper. And do you think Bryce Harper's a good looking dude? Yeah, I'm a fan of the beard. All right. I think I like I like a nice rugged man. <laughs> I think he's a he's a good looking guy. Dude. It's funny. There was um I was I was on one of these dating apps uh, at least recently. Um, oh, dating talk! Oh man, one. we could be here for another no, show. No, no, doing no. That. Well, okay. So there was a guy that came up, and he looked—he looked like Bryce Harper's clone, and he had some photo, one of his, one of his, um, like model pictures. On you this swiped thing, right like, out of that one, yeah. I swiped right, um, just because it just—you know—I I was a fan of the beard, and I mentioned, I said, "Has anyone ever told you that you look like Bryce Harper?" Mm. And he was like, "No." And it was like, it wasn't like, oh, ha, that's cute. And I said, I was like, well, it's a sports joke. And it's kind of funny. Like, are you, why are you not? And that was it? Like, like, I don't find it funny. <laughs> he like, you know, I, I what a loser. I, down and I was like, well, if you're going to be a jerk about it, then like, okay. But. So no date know, materialized I, I think, I think out of just, that. It's just, <laughs> listen, he should probably get some Pete, Pete Davidson, um, you know, Kate Beckinsale dates out of that you know like he he should probably walk around and tell girls like yeah you know Bryce Harper I look just like him it might land him a date faster than it made me delete his name yeah I mean I you know <laughs> that's a compliment I would say I think he's kind of demon looking but you know I can see why girls are attracted to him. he's jacked he's got the beard all that um but he is a little scary looking but yeah what that's guy ugh. I mean, you know, yeah. the problem is and I, you know I've told endless dating stories on my podcast from girls who a girl who hated me because I wore sweatpants one time, which is which is a whole other topic for another day. To you know, just crazy people you meet on these apps, and anytime you get that kind of comment for a guy who just got paid a boatload too, maybe he just doesn't know sports. The dating show come another day. NL Central. I like the Cardinals because of one major thing, and that's that they added who I think will be the NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. I think adding that bat to that lineup makes them so scary. And plus the Cardinals. I mean, when are the Cardinals not in the playoff or World Series conversation? They always find their way in the race. The Cubs, it's a it's a toss-up what they're going to do. I'm taking the Cardinals in the Central. I'm taking the Cubs. Um, I've always been a fan of the Cubs. Um and I, I think that their pitching is in line. I think their pitching is healthy with Chris Bryant. I, I've always I've always been a fan of the Cubs, and they, you know, and Theo Epstein's my guy. That's why I'm picking the Cubs. Going with Francona and Epstein uh, to win their prospective divisions, and I think in the West we already so, know. So so original of me for someone from Boston just to kind of lean on 
in on things that you know. I mean, right? you, you did call yourself the OG. I mean, you are Compton, Compton, uh, Compton's own. You are from Compton. Yeah. We, this is a known <laughs> fact. And West, I'm taking the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. They, you know, they're the same team. I mean, the fact that Chris Taylor is being talked about as a potential backup, this guy would be a starter on any team in baseball, and he may not play every day in L.A. That's how good the Dodgers are. Kenley Jansen just needs to stay healthy. Kershaw's got to come back healthy. I know he's out to probably the end of the month, but the Dodgers are the best team. The, the Padres are still a long ways away, people. Like, don't think Manny Machado comes there and they start winning. It's the Dodgers division. The Rockies might be interesting, but I, I can't see L.A. and you know well living out there and not winning this division. I agree with you. I think that the, the Dodgers pitching is a little dodgy right now. I don't see how you cannot pick the Dodgers. Again, this is a team that went to back-to-back World Series, came down to one or two, one or two moments, one or two innings, one or two games. So you got to take you got to take the it's got to take LA. I'm I'm being a little homer, but I think if if healthy, and I say this every freaking year, and they never freaking healthy, I think the Mets are going to take one of the wild card spots along with the Cubs. I just think the Mets did enough depth wise to add guys, so if someone goes down, they have backups. They didn't really do it to the rotation. The rotation is very good. But if they have guys get hurt, they might be having problems. They have Seth Lugo to replace. He's basically their sixth starter if someone gets hurt. I thought they should have got Gio Gonzalez. They still can if he's not called up by 420. Nice. Um, by the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Mets are just good enough right now, if healthy. And I think Pete Alonso, I'm pumped. Like if he hits, if he hits a homer anytime, well, you know what? I'm probably getting the jersey anyway. I'm ordering it from China, Alibaba.com, whatever it is. Twenty dollars jerseys, fake stitching. I'm not going to pay the two hundred. I'm paying the twenty bucks for the fake jersey because it's too good of a deal. Courtney, I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs in the wild card and face wow. the Cubs in the in the wild card game. You could say I'm dumb for not taking the Braves or Phillies in this spot, but I just think I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm excited, and now the Degrom deal. I'm ready. Let's go baseball. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> whatever suits you. Whatever suits you. I would love to see the Mets in the playoffs. Let's uh, you know. Then listen. Let's let's end let's end on a high note. I agree with you. Mets, Mets for the postseason. Yes. Hop on board. She's with me. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Don't step right up and beat the Mets. You're going to greet us. That's what you're going to do. Mets, playoffs. I'm not going to go crazy and say World Series because people would think I'm on some hard drugs if I if I said that. But I think the Mets do get in. And from there, you never know. October, you never know. With that rotation, if everyone's healthy, maybe they do go to the World Series. DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, you're throwing out in game one and two and three. Come at us. Like, we're here. And we're here to stay. Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped. Yeah. Baseball opening day. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm ready. 17 straight years next Thursday with my dad, our home opener, our tradition. Wherever he is in the country working, we make sure to make that a father-son tradition every year. That day at the ballpark, you you play hooky from school back in the day, you play hooky from work, you got to be there. And that's it. And, Courtney, I'm going to close the show here, Brown and Fallon, because we started with Backstreet with the Tearing Up My Heart instrumental just for you. Okay. Um, this is good. I enjoy. It. I know we went a little long, and I know you got to go soak in the sun and get bronze and everything. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. We'll do it again sometime soon for sure. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Brown, Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back. Tearing up my heart. The Mets tear up my heart every year. Will they do it this year? We find out this weekend. 
And we didn't give our we gotta close out our World Series predictions. I'm saying Astros over Cardinals. Your prediction is I'm gonna say that the Yankees are gonna go back to the World Series in the wild card. Wow. Over over the Dodgers. Yankees, Dodgers, New York, yes. Hollywood. LA. I love it. Both ends of the spectrum. You've been at both ends. You're in LA now. That's Courtney Fallon. Follow her on Twitter at Courtney Fallon underscore. Check out Fox and Fallon. It has no affiliation to the TV network Fox. It is Tanya Ray Fox. Give them a follow on Twitter at Fox and Fallon and iTunes podcast and Spotify. And check out this podcast, Brown and Marulis on iTunes as well. Courtney Fallon, Jake Brown, signing off. Enjoy baseball. Happy opening day, everyone.